Hey folks, attorney Andrew Branca here from Law of Self-Defense, and this is a show that is close to my heart. I'm going to share with you what I believe, with good reason, to be the best martial art for lawful self-defense, and more important, why I think so. So I hope you'll enjoy this one very much. Before I jump into things, I do, of course, have to mention our sponsor, which today is CCW Safe, a provider of self-defense coverage. If you're involved in a use of force event, CCW Safe will cover your legal expenses and a variety of other things. Too many things for me to go into detail here, but I urge you to learn more. I am personally a member of CCW Safe. You can learn more about them and get a 10% discount off your membership there at lawofselfdefense.com slash CCWSAFE, and then use the discount code LAW10, L-A-W-10. Now, this applies to the first year of an annual membership there. That's what my membership is, annual. So I urge you to check them out. They are the only one of these companies, so-called self-defense insurance companies, that I personally recommend and am a member of. So I urge you, check them out at lawselfdefense.com slash ccwsafe, discount code LAW10. All right, so what brings us here today? Well, I saw a very interesting video put out by one of the brothers who um, runs Gracie University. Henner Gracie put out a video on Twitter involving a scenario, a real-world event, in which a female police officer, pregnant female police officer, is struggling to arrest an erratic, dangerous driver on the road, and she's assisted by a young man who uses, and here's the martial art I'm talking about today, uses Brazilian jiu-jitsu techniques to control that suspect until officers can come and actually get handcuffs on him. So, spoiler, BJJ is my preferred martial art technique for lawful self-defense and by a large margin. And in particular, not just BJJ generally, but the BJJ taught at Gracie University, and I'll explain why. But first, a little backstory. So I started, I'm very new to BJJ. I started um, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, but I had some medical stuff in the middle. I had to take about six months off. I'm, I have been back at it. Uh, the last few months, very happy to do that. I was fortunate enough that one of the two brothers, uh, Henner is what who posted on uh, Twitter about this event we're going to talk about today. Huron, the second brother running Gracie University, came to my local BJJ gym um, and gave a, a little seminar, very, very informative. So I had a chance to meet him personally. This is Huron. Uh, and we've gotten to know each other a little bit. I gave him some law self-defense books. He's been very helpful in getting my expertise in front of Gracie University uh, instructors. Uh, very, very generous with his time uh, and his insight and can't be more grateful to Huron for that. And I've even, after that meeting, I took a trip down to Gracie University headquarters. Their headquarters is in Torrance, California. I was on a motorcycle trip, obviously, took a picture outside the dojo and, of course, went inside the dojo. It's an unbelievable facility. They have one giant mat room where I think it's five or 6,000 square feet, a seamless green mat. It's really unbelievable. More recently, I earned my second stripe in the Gracie University kind of entry program. They call it Gracie University, the combatives program. 
So you start as a white belt with no stripes. You work up to four stripes, and then you can test for your Gracie Combatives belt, which I plan to do, of course, and then continue your BJJ journey from there. Uh, Huron was kind enough to personally congratulate me on getting my second stripe. I was pretty happy about it. This is what I looked like when they gave me that second stripe. And of course, I'm getting darn close to my third stripe now, not too far away. But it was Huron's brother, Enner, that posted up this tweet that caught my attention. This is it here. Civilian armbar suspect assisting pregnant officer. So I'm going to share this video with you. I, I've cropped it in a bit so it's easier to see on the screen. But I want to make clear that uh, this is not my video. This is this is Henner's video that I'm using for illustrative purposes here. I do want to mention, however, that Henner has also just published a book called The 32 Principles, forwarded by Jocko Willink. I'm a big fan of Jocko. I, I trust many of you are. If you're not, I would Google him and learn who he is. A former Navy SEAL, does business consulting now, has a very popular podcast and YouTube channel. But this book is about the 32 principles, harnessing the power of jujitsu to succeed in business, relationship, and life. I've read the book. It's fantastic. I strongly encourage you to get take a look at it. Um, I don't get anything for this recommendation. Just find it on Amazon. I don't have any kind of special link or anything like that. Uh, it's well worth every penny, folks. So I would encourage you to take a look at that and check out the reviews on Amazon. And I think you'll want to get that book as well. So what do I like about BJJ? And what do I like about Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in particular? So let me address that. There are, of course, lots of martial arts. Uh, and martial arts, in my opinion, barehanded fighting skills, some kind of barehanded combative skills is an essential component of any responsible adult's self-defense tool toolbox. Now, as you all know, I carry a gun for personal protection. I have every day of my adult life. I carry a knife for personal protection. I carry pepper spray for personal protection. And for the last year or so, I've been training in jujitsu for personal protection. Why? Do I want to get into a fight? No, of course not. Any opportunity to run away from a fight consistent with the safety of myself and others I have a duty to protect, I'll run away. But sometimes the fight comes to you and there's nothing you can do about it except physically defend yourself. I want to be hard to kill. I want my family to be hard to kill. Now, of course, I carry deadly force means of self-defense. I carry a gun for self-defense. But the truth is that the gun is rarely the answer to the problem that you're facing. Um, I've carried a gun every day of my adult life, and I've never come close to having to need it. I have been the victim of simple assaults, simple batteries, because the gun is only a legal response to an aggravated assault or an aggravated battery, an assault or battery that threatens you with death or serious bodily injury. For that attack, a gun would be a legally appropriate response. But the truth is, if you look at the Department of Justice, FBI crime statistics, you are in fact five times more likely to be the victim of a simple assault or simple battery, one that does not threaten death or serious bodily injury. And a gun is not a legally appropriate response to a non-deadly force attack. And you're five times more likely to be, be the victim of that non-deadly force attack than of a deadly force attack against which the gun would be appropriate. So if all you have is the gun, you've prepared yourself for the one in five chance that you're facing a deadly force attack, but not for the large majority of threats you're likely to face. 
Now you can carry tools like pepper spray. Pepper spray is nice. I carry it. I think it's a useful adjunct to my self-defense toolbox. But of course, it has its drawbacks too. It doesn't always work on everybody. Some people are resistant to pepper spray. You're likely to get exposed to the pepper spray yourself, especially in a confined space. It has its drawbacks. A great tool to have in your toolbox is some barehanded fighting skill, some kind of martial art. And of course, there's boxing, there's karate, there's taekwondo, there's judo, there's lots of techniques. Uh, And BJJ is one of them. And I've practiced karate. When I was in college, I was a karate student, went to the dojo. But here's the problem for me, from a legal perspective, as a lawyer whose expertise is use of force law, is that the striking arts tend to inflict considerable and very visible injury. You're punching someone into the face, you're going to be causing contusions, black eyes, lost teeth, or assuming that you're punching effectively, of course, which is what you'd want to be doing in self-defense. You're likely causing a lot of damage to that person that's going to look terrible when you try to argue self-defense. And unfortunately, the more intent they are in attacking you, and especially if their mind is altered, if they're mentally unsound or they're on alcohol or they're on drugs so that they're persisting through your striking attack, you have to use even more strikes and cause even more damage. And it's likely to be less effective because of their altered state. You end up with someone whose face is severely beaten. That's going to be photographed. It's going to be used as evidence against you. And it looks terrible. Now, of course, you do what you have to do to defend yourself. But I would suggest it would be better to effectively defend yourself in a way that does not maul your attacker's face if you can avoid it. If you could be just as effective, maybe more effective in self-defense without causing all that injury to someone's face, you'd be better off from a legal perspective. And that's one of the benefits of Brazilian jiu-jitsu is because it's not a striking arc. I mean, there may be strikes involved in particular edge cases, but largely it's a grappling control submission art where you're using mechanical advantage and technique, where you're using balance and putting the aggressor off balance, relatively soft forms of force to gain control and submission of that person who's attacking you. And in the large majority of cases, you don't end up causing them any serious injury and you don't end up causing them a lot of visual physical injury that's going to be photographed on a camera. The whole idea of BJJ is not to cause serious injury, but to control the suspect, let things cool down, and you can both go your separate ways without anybody being seriously injured. And that's true of BJJ generally. What I particularly like about Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is its self-defense orientation. A lot of BJJ, this is not to be critical of it, this is just its nature, it's really designed for competition. Uh, so it's it's the arts form of the martial art of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And that's fine. Millions of people enjoy that. I'm taking nothing away from that. Personally, that's not my primary interest. Uh, my primary interest is self-defense. And there are facets of competitive jiu-jitsu that are less than a perfect fit for self-defense because there's things you're allowed to do in self-defense that you're not allowed to do in competition. And I want to learn the self-defense facets of the art of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So Gracie University has this combatives program. It's kind of the entry, their entry level into jiu-jitsu. It's, I believe it's 36 courses of instruction and you repeat all of them three times or or more if you wish. And then you test for your Gracie combatives belt, but it's all self-defense oriented and it gets you up to speed on jiu-jitsu in a self-defense context. Pretty darn quick, pretty darn quick. Uh, And I'm enjoying the heck out of it as you 
as you can probably get from this. So if self-defense is of interest, and hopefully if you're watching this, it is, if unarmed self-defense skills are of interest, uh, if the you're interested in being able to defend yourself effectively with your hands without causing tons of serious injury to anybody, um, then jiu-jitsu would be something to look at, and Gracie University Jiu-Jitsu in particular. Just Google Gracie University, the pop-up. I mentioned their headquarters is in Torrance. Don't let that deter you, folks. They have hundreds of certified training centers all over the world. I go to my local one here in Colorado Springs. That's that's where I'm a member. Um, and I go effectively three, four, five times a week now um, that I've got my schedule adjusted. By the way, I adjusted my work schedule, the schedule for these shows specifically, so I would have the time to get to my classes at BJJ. That's how much value I put on it personally. So perhaps something all of you might wish to take a look at. All right. So that's my praise of uh, BJJ in Gracie University. And we have an example here from this video that Henner shared. Let me pull this up. So again, this was the tweet I saw. But let's turn now to the actual, the full length video. So what we'll see here is... Um, this white car, this white car is being driven by someone who's not in the proper state of mind, violent person, almost hits a bicyclist right here. Uh, the camera angle here is of a female police officer in her vehicle. Uh, this is the vehicle camera. Uh, she's very stressed from this encounter. She's very concerned about what the driver of the white vehicle might do to innocent people on the road. She's desperately trying to pull them over to the point where she rams her car into this vehicle. And it still doesn't quite work, but I think it does disable the vehicle. And the suspect gets out, starts running down the road to another vehicle that stopped seeing this craziness going on. And the driver of that other vehicle comes out of his car and encounters the person that the female police officer is trying to arrest and controls him using BJJ right there on the spot. So now there is a point here where this female police officer is recorded on her, on her body camera saying that she's pregnant. She's by that point she's being assisted by a male police officer. I don't want to talk about the prudence of um a pregnant woman being in a job where they affirmatively have to engage in this kind of violence. It would be nice if uh, the police departments had ways not to have pregnant officers going hands-on in the street like this. But let's let's not address that. Let's just focus on the BJJ aspects here. And here we go. There's a biker. No, he just. Uh... Get off the road. Can't get off the road. He's dangerous. I'm going to hit him. Head on. 146 come. He's still going. 146 come. He's running at me. I'm going to fucking take you, dude. Stop. 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 So now we know the suspect is not just crazy and not just dangerous driving that vehicle, but he's violent. I mean, it's sufficiently violent to do this to the windshield, right? This would be terrifying for anybody, I would think. And now we see the other car there down the road. That other driver got out. Um, we're still using the, um, the dash camera of the patrol car here, but it's going to switch over to the female officer's body camera pretty quick. Don't let him get in! 
Stop, stop. That's her stop. gun, by the way. Don't do it. Cut it out, cut it out, cut it out. Cut it out. Thank you. Cut it out. Stop, stop. Cut it he's, trying to, he's trying to... Stop. No, he's trying to grab my gun. Get out the cook. Get out the cook. Get out the cook. You mother... Now note, how many punches are being thrown here? None, right? Not a single punch has been thrown by this helpful Good Samaritan citizen here. I think he's still got his sunglasses on. I mean, he's just not working that hard, but he's wrapped this guy up, right? He's controlling the suspect. The suspect, by the way, is also not being effective in raining blows down on this Good Samaritan. Now the Good Samaritan is going to go into what's called an armbar technique. It's where you get your legs over the suspect um, on either side of an arm and you pull the arm straight. And if you raise your hips, you could potentially break the elbow. Uh, ideally, you don't have to break the elbow. You, you can use it as a control technique because it's very uncomfortable. Trust me, I've been armbarred. In fact, I was just taught this technique uh, recently in the last week or so in class. So I have some comments about that. Uh, but he's going to get him in an armbar here. I'm going to by the way this good samaritan is pretty darn brave not just because he was willing to help this officer and go hands-on with this apparently unstable dangerous suspect but that gun's pointed at him too right i mean bad things happen guns go off unintentionally sometimes what's your problem stop resisting just let it go. Got him controlled. No punches. No physical injury. Get out. 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 I checked him for weapons. I'm pregnant. So I need to. I need Okay, so that's the video there. Very, very informative. You saw how little energy the Good Samaritan was using, right? Compared to the flailing, violent suspect that he's controlling, had effective control, was able to assist those officers in securing that suspect's arrest, not just, you know, for purposes of punishment, but for the safety of the public. Um, and one of the points I want to make here is I, I just mentioned, I was just taught the armbar technique probably for the second time, I guess, in, in the cycle of training. As part of Gracie University Combatives, I just reviewed um, one of the things you get as a Gracie University Combative student is access to a video library of, of all the lessons. So I had I, I just watched that video of the armbar technique again. And as you might imagine, when... Uh, Huron and Henner are teaching this. They're teaching it. I mean, obviously, they're world-class experts in this. So there's a lot of subtleties, a lot of details. They want you to learn it as perfectly as you can. Of course, as in, they understand they're teaching new students. And when you first start doing it, it's sloppy. And as you continue your BJJ journey, you, your technique gets better and you perform these arm bars, every other technique with more proficiency. But they're teaching it in a way they're obviously not showing you an imperfect way of doing an armbar. They want to show you the perfect way. So you know what, what the goal is. And obviously, I'm a relatively new student, right? I'm a two-stripe white belt. Four stripes is the maximum. So I'm halfway to four stripes. So uh, maybe real in real-time terms, maybe six months in, seven months into my BJJ journey. So I personally don't have any particular expertise. But the Gracie brothers do. And I just have a, an image I captured here from... 
their armbar class, where we have Huron applying the armbar to Henner. So let me pull this up. And hopefully they don't object to me using this image, but it's for educational purposes only. Um, so here's Huron in the blue, Henner in the red. Huron's got the arm. He's got the legs over. He's got the arm lock. If he raises his hips, keeps control of that arm, he could break the elbow. Ideally, you don't have to do that. Ideally, you stop right here. You're in a controlled position. But I want to point out a few things, just technical details. This shoulder of Henner is pulled tight into the hips of Huron. His legs are clamped tight around the body. You can't see it here, but his knees are pressed tightly together to prevent um, Henner here, the suspect in the video, from being able to squirm out of the position. He's got two hands on the arm, the arm's fully extended, and it's the hand closer to Henner's head that is the upper hand on that two-hand grip. And there's particular reasons for that. It's not random. Um, that the, the what we might call the north hand is the higher one on the suspect's arm. Or it just gives you greater control over the arm. So this is the technique in perfect form. When we go back to this video, and I want to make clear, this is not a criticism of this good Samaritan. He's, he's a hero. He did he he applied jujitsu effectively, right? And at the end of the day, that's what really matters. But what I want to point out is compared to what we just saw, how let me see if I can get a good look. So it goes on here. His hips are not right. Oh, I forgot to change it. Here we are. So the arm bore has just been applied by the good Samaritan. Uh, his hips are not hard up against the suspect's shoulder. He doesn't have great control of the hand. His knees are not pressed together. Now he's he's just putting it on. So you might say, well, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna adjust. He doesn't adjust much. He gets his hips closer. That's good. His knees are still not pressed together. He has the wrong hand. He has the south hand is at the top of the wrist. And I know this sounds like criticism, but that's not my point. I'm not, if I had to do this in the stress, having just taken the class, I probably would do no better than this. My point is, even as imperfectly as this technique is being applied, did it work? Was it effective? Heck, yeah, it was effective. Imagine how much more effective it would have been if it was perfectly applied. But even sloppy Brazilian jiu-jitsu can be very effective in the real world. Now, imagine if we were talking about a striking art, a thrown punch. If you threw a sloppy punch, how effective do you think that would be? and actually stopping an aggressor? Probably not much. You threw a sloppy front kick. Are they just going to grab your leg? Probably not going to get a great result. But even very imperfectly applied BJJ, because it, it is based on such fundamental principles of, we would say, overload over, over here. Sorry, stuttered there for a second. We would say overload here. Two hands on one wrist. It's overpowered. Two legs around that arm. Overpowered. The hips against the arm, locking it in. The legs squeezed in against the body. You're overloading that suspect. Even when it's applied imperfectly and you're getting a great result. So that's it, folks. That's what I wanted to share with all of you today. Uh, the best martial art for lawful self-defense. You don't create a lot of bad evidence for yourself by beating someone's face in. It can be very effective without causing permanent injury to anybody, which only increases your legal liability, both civilly and criminally. The more injury you cause, 
the more legal trouble you can be in. And by the way, the less it looks like you're a defender. And even when applied imperfectly, it's very effective. And applying the Gracie approach of BJJ in particular, you're learning it in that self-defense context explicitly. And not, not just in a martial arts com- competition kind of context. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's just not a self-defense oriented. All right, folks, that's it for today's show. Just want to remind all of you that if you carry a gun, so you're hard to kill. If you carry a knife, so you're hard to kill. If you carry pepper spray, so you're hard to kill. If you study jujitsu, so you're hard to kill. Folks, I do all those things, so I'm hard to kill. So my family is hard to kill. Then you also owe it to yourself and your family to make sure you know the law, so you're hard to convict as well. Until next time, I remain attorney Andrew Branca for Law Self-Defense. Stay safe. (laughs) 